In today's show, I'm looking at all teams in the Western Conference and players who might be breakouts, flyers, guys that might be on your waiver wire. Michael Bolton, is he on the waiver wire? I don't know, but he's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Debating whether we do an entry into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Championship, our 11-category, 27-round, 12-man snake draft draft. That is a $50 entry, winner-take-all, plus a prize from um, a sports memorabilia company where it's going to be involving basketball cards and having your team framed in terms of cards. We're working on that at the moment, but that's the prize for that league. Should I do an entry for that today? Um, Yeah, let's do it. All right. You need to... Okay, let's... Well, I don't know. How are we gonna How are we gonna work this out? Um, all right, let's. Let, you got to reply to a tweet of mine promoting this episode. And the question that I ask you to get into this league is the following. Let's have a look. What can we What can we do? All right, here's an easy one. How old am I? There you go. Just reply to a tweet with that, and you can get in the league. So what we're doing today and tomorrow is. Yeah, it's, it's the show's entitled Breakouts. It's sort of Breakouts. It's not really, right? So what it is, is it's players who you can get in the last round of a draft that might have some upside value, but also guys who are going to be rostered, currently rostered after the drafts have been done in like 5, 6, 7% of leagues who are available in a lot of deeper leagues who if a weird set of circumstances happen, their value could actually jump up pretty high. So just looking at two sort of upsidey players per team. And we're going to be looking at the Western Conference teams today. So let's start with the start of the Western Conference in alphabetical order by looking at the Dallas Mavericks. And yeah, I've got breakout, as you can see there on the graphic in um, uh, in quotation marks, because it's not always a breakout. Sometimes they might be older guys that we're talking about. Sometimes they'll be, they just won't be necessarily breakout players, but it's just guys who are available at the end of drafts. And we did that who to draft in the last round video a few days ago, where I did 12 guys, every pick in a, in a last round of a draft. And those guys will be replicated in some situations here. But it's just guys that you can get late that are, are worth looking at, and then some some deeper guys. So the Dallas Mavericks, I'm looking at Timmy Hardaway Jr., who was really, really good in the playoffs last season. There's no, um, no debating that, but... Wasn't all that good in the regular season at uh, at times. He was uh, outside the top 150 last season, but he only played 28 minutes a night. I do expect that to increase. He's ranked 170th on Yahoo, so you can get him in the last couple of rounds, and getting that sort of scoring boost is not particularly easy to do. So I think he's a really, really solid pick in round 11 or 12 um, at that late area of a draft. And then if we go uh, uh, more undrafted guys, now I could have put the C part of Moses Brown in here, but a couple of things. 
It was announced by Jason Kidd, and I can't believe he's a coach in the NBA, but Jason Kidd said that they'll be starting Dwight Powell. Two days ago, I, I did post my projected Maverick starting lineup, and that's exactly what I had. And for those of you who have been holding on to Moses Brown's stock, I don't think it's going to happen. And this is, you know, I've been pushing back against this a lot, and I could have been wrong, and I still could be wrong with it. But I th- Moses Brown is behind Powell, Kleber, and probably Cauley Stein in the rotation, and he is no guarantee to play every single night. And I could have had him as this late-round guy, because we know if he does get minutes, he is a tremendous fantasy player. But he's just not going to get those minutes. And the reason I don't have him as that late-round guy is he's already rostered in 19% of Yahoo leagues. It's too many. So even if you were looking for that flyer in, say, deeper formats, he is rostered in too many. And I just don't see how that happens. Watch if he does get moved. But I think the... The people, people view him and go, well, he had a 2020 game last year. He put up all these big numbers for Oklahoma City, but he was really, really bad in a lot of those games. There is upside. He is young, but he's not a particularly good player at this point. And the Mavericks are a good team, and they want to win, and that does not involve playing Moses Brown a lot of the time. So I've got Reggie Bullock there. Yeah, Bullock, I think, at times will start. Yeah, if they decide not to go with Powell, if Porzingis gets hurt, they can start Bullock and Finney Smith together. Bullock can be a player who last year was inside the top 170, played 30 minutes a night. He can hit a lot of threes. He can be a streaming option. And if Hardaway, if someone gets hurt, I think Bullock is going to be that player. If it's Finney Smith, Hardaway, or Porzingis that gets hurt, or even if it's Powell, they'll probably slip Kleber in there. I, I can see them bringing in Bullock and playing him 32 minutes and him hitting three threes with 12 points. I, I think that's a possibility. So there is some value, uh, I guess, in having a look at him as one of those options. Um, if we go to the next team, which is exactly what we're going to do now, that is the Denver Nuggets. But news on the Denver Nuggets. Today, Michael Porter Jr., Maga Porter Jr., um, has told us that he's not vaccinated. Cool. Now, there is no law in Denver saying that unvaccinated people can't enter the arena, so he's not going to miss those 41 games. But what it does mean is that if he does come into a situation where he breaches health and safety protocols or he contracts COVID, his absence is going to be longer than other players. He's also going to be subjected to other restrictions throughout the season, increased testing, um, you know, not being able to do certain things that his teammates are able to do. He said that he's already caught COVID twice and he, he was fine, which is all well and good, Mick, but doesn't mean you will be if you catch it again. And I don't know, it's... The, the comments are, are, are pretty incorrect from Porter, but he is, again, not really a surprise, but he is currently unvaccinated and doesn't have any plans to at this stage. But it's not the situation like Wiggins or like Kyrie where he's going to be forced to miss half the games. Yet, Denver might change their mind, but yet that is not the issue. He just is going to have risk of missing more games than other vaccinated players because of the rules that the NBA does have in place. Now, in that... Last round draft video that we did the other day, Monty Morris was a name that I threw out there. I fully believe that Monty Morris is the starting point guard. A lot of people seem to think that it will be Faku Kompazzo. I don't think they'll go that way. Um, And as I've said a million times, much like when comparing Bumba and Wendell Carter in Orlando, if they play equal minutes, Faku's the better fantasy player. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I just don't think that that will be the case. I think that Faku will play mid to low 20s and Morris will play high high 20s to low 30s. So Morris is the guy you look at in that last round. And if you want to look at deeper options, yeah, you could consider Faku there, but 
I think the guy I want to look at is Bones Highland. He's not getting drafted in any drafts. He's ranked outside the top 600 on Yahoo. He's got to take over from PJ Dozier or Austin Rivers. Now, I know that Malone loves that and loves the veteran leadership and defensive ability that those guys produce. But in terms of shot creators, there's not many. Jamal Murray is out, right? Probably miss majority of the regular season. If Bones, and all reports have been really positive here on Bones, Boner, um, if he plays well, there's a rotation role that is possible there for him. Now, not to say that he's going to get minutes ahead of Faku or Morris, but if he blows up, maybe. Probably not, but maybe. So he's just a name to watch. He's a guy to look at in those deeper formats um, of just someone who, who might be an option for you. Um, yeah, guys, I've got to tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper, you might have seen it playing fantasy football. Uh, it's an app for fantasy sports. They've got fantasy basketball. Now. And if you are looking to bring your friends who don't play fantasy basketball, you're looking to start a work league or a school league and they're, they're casuals and they haven't played before, Sleeper might be the option for you because it's akin to fantasy football. You only pick one game per week for the player with their exclusive game pick format. They only have points league, so it's a lot simpler than uh, a somewhat more complex category format. And their app is super easy to use. You draft through the app. They've got third round reversal. They have dynasty functionality as well. And everything is really, really appealing, easy to use on that app. And it caters very much to the fantasy football side of things. So bringing in casuals and friends is a lot easier to do. So go and download the Sleeper app. Get your friends involved. The more people that play fantasy basketball, the better in my opinion. Get them in and try that Sleeper app because it will be a really, really good option for people who are playing for the first time. If you are worried about your draft night and you're sweating, thinking, who am I going to pick at pick four? Maybe you need some sweat block in your life because it's the doctor created and doctor recommended formula to help stop excessive sweating or hyperhidrosis. Sweat block has been around for years, 10 years plus, and you've been able to get it at Amazon. You can get it at CVS. You can also get it now directly at sweatblock.com. I'll tell you about more, more about that in a second. But what you do, you get the wipes, you wipe them under your arm before you go to bed. You wake up the next morning, you have your wash, you go to work, you go to school, and that's it. You're done. You're covered for up to seven days. That's remarkable. So go to sweatblock.com and there's a promo code locked on and you can save 20% on this clinical strength antiperspirant sweat block. Go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on and save yourself that 20 bucks. Okay, let's go on to looking at the Golden State Warriors now. Um, talked about Jordan Poole plenty. There's no Clay Thompson for two months, probably three months. Or, or not, no full-strength Clay Thompson for maybe four months, let's put it that way. Um, Poole is going to start, and then if Wiggins is missing half the games, he's not only going to start and play 30-plus, but he's going to get a usage bump as well. So he is an excellent selection in the last round. Maybe you have to go round 12. I think that there's a chance that Poole can crack the top 100 at times this year. I could throw Otto Porter in there as well. With the absence of Wiggins, I think Porter has a chance to start. Um... I could look at someone like John Kaminga, but I do think at this point, Moses Moody has the um, uh, has the upper hand in that role. When you look at Moody, 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 Moses Moody. I also think Moody has probably got a little bit of an upside in terms of uh, fantasy value just because the shooting percentages should be better for him versus Kaminga, who will probably struggle from the field and from the free throw line, and that reduces his overall value. But in terms of that deeper option, there is an opportunity for Moody. Now, the guy that he'd be competing against with the absence of Thompson and Wiggins will be, say, a Damian Lee, and even a Kaminga as well. But I think that if he is what I think he can be, 
a guy that can just already contribute solid winning defensive basketball with good good shooting in a limited role, then there is something there for him. So I have a little bit more faith in his upside in this scenario for Golden State than I do, say, for Jonathan Kaminga. Although Kaminga, again, his upside is an ability to get steals and blocks. The shooting is a, is a worry, and he's going to be a high-usage guy, but he's going to turn it over a shitload as well. I just think in terms of playing actual winning, contributing basketball at this point in their career. Moody has that leg up. I would have taken Moody personally ahead of Kaminga in the draft. I think you're all well aware of that. That could end up being wrong. I don't know. But that's what I would have done in that um, in that draft scenario. Let's look at the Houston Rockets. Um, talked about this the other day as well as a last pick. Alperen Shengun. I, I don't know where the Rockets are going to go with their rotation. I imagine that Tyson Wood are going to start and Shengun gets backup minutes. And those backup minutes will start pretty low to begin the season. But I like taking him as a flyer there because he is a guy that has some nice permanent numbers. And if we see in preseason that Tyson is playing 20 minutes and he's playing like 28, then that won't be the regular season thing. But it means that they are going to give him plenty of minutes and he might be that first big off the bench. He could also be the second big off the bench. And the third big off the bench might be actually KJ Martin who is available in a lot more leagues. He doesn't even have a Yahoo ADP. He really shone out last season. If there is an injury, whether it's to Tate, to Tice, or to Wood, Martin will step in. He blocks a lot of shots. He probably won't be as good as what he was towards the end of last season because we know there was some outsized stuff going on there with that team and um, with the way that they were tanking. But he's just a name to watch. I think he'll be a regular part of the rotation, KJ Martin and has shown an ability to be a, be a pretty solid fantasy contributor uh, a lot of the time. So he's an interesting name to look at if you are in those um, if you are in those deeper formats. So keep an eye on KJ Martin. Let's move across to look at the LA Clippers now. Late standard type of guy that we're looking at. We're looking at Nick Batum. Now that's not, of course, a breakout because Nick Batum's 30 plus. The Clippers did say that they would be starting. Or yeah, At this point, the starting lineup is Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Morris, Paul George, and Ivica Zubat. So Batum and Terrence Mann coming off the bench. I don't mind Bledsoe. Let's rephrase that. Bledsoe was horrible last year. He did not try at all. His shooting dropped way off. But he is one year removed from being a top 60 fantasy player. I'm not suggesting that he's going to be that guy at all. But if he became back to being a top 90 guy, rejuvenated like Reggie Jackson, like Nick Batum, have been in the Clippers, wouldn't be a surprise. So I don't mind taking Reggie uh, Eric Bledsoe with the last pick. And the same with Batum. He didn't need to start to have value. He was the 134th ranked player last year, Batum, in just 27 minutes a night. So he can do that and actually outstrip that as well. And people will be soured on Batum because they did say that he's not going to start. And I don't think that really matters a huge amount, to be honest. Now, he's not a huge scorer, but getting assists and steals and hitting threes is where it comes from him. If you wanted to go to undrafted deep league guys, you know, Marcus Morris, they've got a bunch of players who you can pick in that last round of a standard league. Reggie Jackson in the you know, round 12-13, Nick Batum, uh, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Eric Bledsoe, even Serge Ibaka, who we don't know if is going to be ready to start the season. But what I wanted to do is look at guys who's rostered nowhere, and he might not even make the roster, this guy. But with Serge Ibaka still dealing with a back issue, this guy being a player, and you can see who it is on the screen, so I don't know why I'm hiding it. Isaiah Hartenstein, he might not make the roster. It might be Harry Giles that gets that spot. But Hartenstein can play, in my opinion. He can definitely produce from a fantasy point of view. And if Ibaka is out and Zubats is the option, then maybe you get 15 Hartenstein minutes a night playing the Boogie Cousins role of last season. That actually has some value. 
And I don't think it's one to completely... It is just for deeper leagues. And again, he may not make the roster. I would definitely roster him over Harry Giles if I was the Clippers. And I would roster him. I would have him on my roster instead of Harry Giles. But I'm not. And I don't know which direction they're going to go. But Hartenstein is a guy just to watch because there is that slight opening there of him getting the third center spot and then Abarca not being ready to begin the season and Hartenstein getting, I guess, more minutes than we anticipate. It's not high probability, but it is at least some probability uh, that that may go down. Let's look at the LA Lakers now, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Hard to find guys that fit these categories necessarily. We know that they are going to be at this point starting Anthony Davis at center alongside LeBron James at the four, alongside Wayne Ellington at the two, with um, Russell Westbrook at the one. The three, it's probably going to be Trevor Ariza, or it could be Talon Horton Tucker. Now, Ariza is totally fine if you want to take a flyer on him in a 14-team league in round 12 or 13. In a 12-teamer, I don't really think there's enough upside there for him, but a guy like Talon Horton Tucker, if he does get that nod and can work his way into 28 minutes, then yeah, absolutely he's worth a 12-team look. So I think he is a flyer option for that last round while we don't know which direction they're going to go. And I think they're going to lean Ariza, but it could easily be Horton Tucker. And they might start Ariza and play him 23 minutes along with Allington playing 22 and then Bazemore and Horton Tucker play 28 each coming off the bench. That's a distinct possibility as well. If you want to look deeper, um, I think Malik Monk, look, at this point, if Allington's going to be the starting shooting guard, you would assume none and Bazemore play the backup one and two roles, and then Horton Tucker Ariza play at the three, and Mallow plays at the four, and then you got Howard at the five. Now, there's your 10 mana. Jordan's out, and Malik Monk is out. But if Allington doesn't cut the mustard, if Bazemore gets hurt, Monk could come in. He could have a great preseason. He shot 40% from three last year. He's obviously more, way more athletic than what Wayne Allington is. He can handle the ball a little bit. Not that that's really required. But he could be an option just to watch if he can squeeze his way into that rotation. I'm not think at this point, I don't have him in the rotation. But he is a name to watch who's got that upside just to see what the Lakers actually end up doing there to see whether he uh, could potentially be the guy. But I'll tell you what, who is the guy? I'll tell you who isn't the guy, actually. The bloke at the auto parts store behind the counter. Yeah, man, I don't have it. That's going to be 600 bucks. And you're going to say, my guy. Get out of here. In fact, someone messaged me the other day, said that they had to buy a part and it was like 600 bucks. And I went, this is bullshit. I remember Josh talking about Rock Auto and he went to Rock Auto and it was like $250. That's an amazing saving. Rock Auto is an online family business that have been serving do-it-yourselfers for car and auto parts for over 20 years. So whatever it is, the part that you need for your car or truck, Rock Auto is going to have it. Go to Rock Auto, check out their expansive range on their website. It's easy to navigate. Find what you need. And when they say, how did you hear about us, mate? You say, I heard it from Locked On. Just write Locked On in that box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Football is back. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as the teams are back to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot to bet on pro and college football. With a new updated site and interface and more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up. And if you use the promo code NFL100, you'll get a 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. From football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite 
favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take full advantage of all of the offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Before we get into the next team, just quickly want to mention, just I want to thank everybody again who does listen to this show and does make it their first listen every day. I really appreciate people who are always waiting for the show to come out and want to want to hear what I have to say and talk about the NBA. It is a great feeling to have that. And I do thank you all for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. All right, let's look at the Memphis Grizzlies. Late standard league type of guy. I think it has to be the wave pool D'Anthony Melton. Grayson Allen is out. The guys they brought in, Patrick Beverly and Eric Bledsoe, they're gone. There's still Dylan Brooks. There's still Ja Morant, who are going to start. There is still Tyus Jones and Desmond Bain around. Desmond Bain! But Melton is a guy that, instead of playing the 20 minutes a night that he played last year, where he was the 151st ranked player, let's say he gets 21 or 22. And let's see, by a miracle, he gets more than that. Probably doesn't happen. Probably requires a Brooks injury. But if he gets more than that, well, then you are flirting with top 100 numbers. It's not likely to happen, but he can maintain that fringe 12-team numbers in 20 minutes a night, as we saw last year. And there's upside to push it higher. Now, this guy, I don't know if he's really an undrafted player. The cashier, Xavier Tillman. He's got a rank of Yahoo 173. He's currently rostered in 11% of leagues, but all these Grizzlies guys, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Melton, um, they're all rostered in you know, over 10% of Yahoo leagues. I think, now people are drafting Stephen Adams way too high in my opinion. I don't know why he's ranked 106th on Yahoo. He was 182nd last season. He's ranked 106th on Yahoo. I don't buy that at all. He is not a part of their future. I don't I don't believe. Um, I think that there is a small chance. Adams dealt with some injuries last year as well. I think there's a small chance that Tillman might actually start some games over Adams this year. At the very least, Adams gets hurt, Tillman starts, and then Adams maybe doesn't get the job back. I think that's a possibility. It's not a high possibility, but I think that Tillman is ahead in the pecking order, ahead of Brandon Clark. He's actually two and a half years younger than Brandon Clark as well, amazingly. So he's an interesting guy that is available in those deeper leagues or undrafted in standard leagues that I just really want to see what they end up doing with that center rotation and how they end up using Steve Adams. The Minnesota Timberwolves. This is, again, a bit of a harder one to find people that fit into this category that we're looking at here. But in terms of late standard, I think Jaden McDaniels is the guy to go for. Now, it's really hard to see how he generates any sort of usage at all, given that Russell Edwards, Towns, and Beasley are all there. But I think his minutes will push up. He played just 24 minutes a night last year, and he wasn't a top 250 player. There are some situations where McDaniels is getting drafted too high, and he's getting drafted in like the top 100 or top 105. And I reckon that's probably a little bit too high. But he's ranked 147th. His ADP is 134. So you're talking round 12, round 13. I think that's, that's totally fine. And he could push to be the 100th best player if he gets yeah, more blocks and the steals creep over one per game and he hits two threes per game. I don't project those things to happen, but they could happen. So there is some value in him. And then I, I wanted to go into a really deep scenario. And I could have had Naz Reed here. Naz Reed somehow has an ADP of 135. He, he is an interesting option, Naz. Um, yeah, Torian Prince, Josh Okogie, Patrick Bailey, not all that exciting. I want to see what Leandro Balmaro does. He improved his shooting a lot last season at Real Madrid. He's a very good defensive guard. I think he's like 6'7". He was a first-round pick last season. I think he went way too late in that draft, in large part because he wasn't going to come over immediately. He's a good passer, a very good defender, 
And Patrick Beverly, if he gets hurt, he's 33. So there's something can happen to Beverly really at any point, and it has for the last two, three years. I wouldn't be shocked to see Bolmaro you know, step ahead of a Jordan McLaughlin, step ahead of a Josh Kogi, and be actually a regular rotation piece. I think he'll struggle in, in terms of usage and even minutes, but just just a name to watch that I think... I, I did a dynasty draft on Yahoo like a week ago, and he wasn't even listed on their system. So I couldn't even... I had to say, I'm drafting Anderson Varejo, but please switch this for Leandro Balmaro. Right, that's how buried Balmaro is down, uh, down the bottom of those lists. Let's take a look at the New Orleans Pelicans now. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you'll know that I like him late, and if your league is absolutely too busy focusing on the old Turkish grip rather than drafting, maybe he slides to the last couple of rounds. I really doubt that's going to happen for Alexander Walker. I don't like him as much as what Steve Alexander did on the podcast the other day. Steve's really high on him. I'm pretty high on Alexander Walker as well. Not to that degree, but you know, his ADP is at 120. Now, Yahoo's brought his rank into 103. ESPN's got him at 80, so he's going a lot higher than that. But if for some reason he falls to that ADP of 120, then he's great there. The guy to look at is uh, Josh Hart, I think. He's ranked 257th on Yahoo, which makes no sense. In 29 minutes a game last year, Hart was inside the top 140. If if Zion Williamson misses time, I think Ingram pushes to the four and Hart starts at the three. Or if he doesn't, he gets at least two extra minutes and plays like 30 a night. They just re-signed him. He should have the head up again ahead of Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadoransky coming off the bench. The leg up is what I meant to say, not the head up. Um, and, and I like him as a late-round guy. He's one of the best rebounders you can find who isn't a center and doesn't hurt your free-throw percentage. One of the best rebounding uh, wings in the entire NBA. So there's something to look at there. I also think Trey Murphy is an interesting player. Um, I thought he was drafted too late in the real draft. I thought he played really well in Summer League. I don't know how there's a path for him to get 25 minutes off the bat. But you know, in terms of getting minutes at the backup four, there's not many backup fours on this team. In fact, there's none. Is Ingram their only backup four and he's their starting three? Are you looking at Wenyan Gabriel, who literally may not make the roster? They need to cut someone still. Does, is Najee Marshall ahead of Murphy? I don't know. Murphy's two and a half years younger as well. Uh, Murphy's an excellent shooter. And again, there is a chance for him to find a 20-minute-a-night role and even more early on this season. So he is at least someone to take a look at there who, you know, according to his rank, which is 659th, and his fan track's ADP is 554, and he doesn't have an ESPN rank. Um, I'd say that's fairly safe to say he's being uh, underappreciated. Let's look at the Thunder. Now, um, I'm getting more and more in on this, and this is almost going to be, I think, my number one late-round sleeper. And I think it's Isaiah. I think it has to be Isaiah Roby. Everything I am hearing out of Thunder camp is that he is locked in to be the starting center, not Derek Favors. That could easily change. The Thunder are pretty tight-lipped, but there is just too much positive noise coming out about Isaiah Roby. He's ranked outside the top 165 on Yahoo. He is an ADP outside the top 155 on Fantrax, and he's a late-round guy on ESPN. I think he's a guy you got to look at because if he plays 30 minutes a night, I think he'll be a top 100 player. Their other center is Derek Favors, but outside of that, it then is Mike Muscala or the undersized Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who we'll talk about in a second. But I think Roby's got to be that guy that you look to target in that last round. I don't know what they do with Favors. Maybe they do start Favors, but I think Roby is going to have an opportunity early on. Um, and I think that opportunity rises as or, or gains in value as the season goes on. And then in terms of undrafted deeper guys, I've got Robinson Earl there. 
because I think he's going to play some backup four, but mainly backup five when Favors is traded shut down. A lot of Thunder people also think he's going to get some good minutes. This is just deeper league stuff who's available literally everywhere. But Robinson Earl, you know, ahead of like a Mascala or a Trey Mann who was picked in the first round, I think Robinson Earl contributes more this season than than those guys that I that I just mentioned. Um, the next, a few of these teams coming up. There's not great fantasy flyer options available. There is some interesting ones here on Phoenix though. Cam Johnson, I fully believe that it will be Jay Crowder who starts. And Jay Crowder is an interesting late round guy. He's especially an interesting guy if you're in a 14 team league and you're drafting you know, 150 to 160 in that area, which isn't exactly last round, but there's value there. But Johnson could overtake Crowder. If Johnson gets to 29 minutes, he definitely becomes a standard league guy. Now he does lack in steals and blocks and he gets no assists and never gets to the line. And his overall field goal percentage isn't particularly great, but he can hit a lot of threes and he can score okay and he can rebound pretty well. So watch that battle. Where does Johnson sit versus Crowder? Because he could be an interesting late round player. And then a guy that's going just completely undervalued, the other Cam, Cam Payne. Cameron Payne last season played 18 minutes a night, ranked 200th. So Yahoo's gone in and go, well, Cameron Payne, uh, uh, he was 200th last season. He played 18 minutes a night. He played well in the playoffs. Therefore, we'll drop him 100 spots. He's 299th. It makes no sense. All right, so he's not getting drafted anywhere. I think Cameron Payne can play 20 minutes a night. That's factoring in some Chris Paul absences. But Chris Paul's missed three games in the last two years. Do you do you think Chris Paul's an Iron Man? Because I don't. And I'm not saying that that means that he's definitely getting injured this season and he's definitely missing 20 games. But if Chris Paul missed 20 games, I wouldn't be shocked. And if Chris Paul misses 20 games, Cameron Payne plays 30 minutes in those games. And that makes him a standard league guy. So, the fact that he's not being rostered or drafted anywhere, really, makes him a really, really interesting player, I think. Maybe you don't agree. I don't know. But everyone knows that I am literally the president of the campaign fan... Not literally. uh, Figuratively, the president of the campaign fan club. Let's look at the Portland Trailblazers. Not super in love with these ones. I think Larry Nance is probably going to go in the right area, in that round 12, 11 sort of zone. He's ranked 121 on Yahoo!, which is fine. I think ESPN is where you want to target him, 174. I like him in that 110, 130 area. I don't think he starts, but he can play, and he won't play 31 minutes. I don't think that he played in Portland last year, but 27 is fine. Now, injuries are always going to be a worry for Nets, but he's got good value as that later round guy. And if we're looking at deeper guys, I was really tempted to throw Dennis Smith Jr. in there. Now, I don't know whether Dennis Smith makes the roster, but Dennis Smith quietly is an absolute, well, not quietly, He's an absolutely shitful shooter. Like, he's a dreadful shooter. But quietly, he became a really good defensive guard. He blocks shots. He gets tons of steals. And that has some value. Simons is a really poor distributor and a horrible defender. And if Smith started to eat into Anthony Simons' minutes, I wouldn't be totally shocked. But in saying that, Simons obviously has the advantage at this point. And if something does happen with a Lillard trade, unlikely. A CJ trade, less likely, but still, who knows? Not not less likely, more likely, but still not likely. Then Simons has an opportunity. And in deeper formats, you want to take a look. He's rostered in very, very few leagues. 2% of Yahoo League Simons. And that's because, let's be honest, he's not good. 340th ranked player last year in 17 minutes. But there is still that little bit there where he maybe pushes up. I'm not super confident with that. But maybe. The Dennis Smith one's interesting. I really want to see 
if they would have the balls to just get him in as a regular rotation guy because he's shown to be a really, really good defensive guard. Let's look at the Sacramento Kings now. This is a tough one. And you're going to look at this and go, Josh, you said that Marvin Bagley is bad. And that is true. In a points league, Marvin Bagley is significantly better, right? He's worth looking at. But when you look at this team, there's like five guys who could conceivably be, conceivably be top 100 players. Holmes, Fox, Halliburton, Heald, and Barnsley. In fact, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnsley! And then after that, I'm not sure anyone cracks the top 200. But if I had to take a flyer on somebody because of the stupid shit that Luke Walton says and does, maybe he decides to start Malvin Bagley and play him 29 minutes a night. And then that might be worth looking at. In a points league, uh, there's no worries with that. I've got no problem using Bagley. In a category league, he's bad, but there is a possibility. If you want to go deeper... I don't think that Davion Mitchell is, is, is worth it, really. He's getting drafted in standard leagues, and, and I do not understand it. Halliburton, Fox, Heald, they're all ahead of him. Terrence Davis, possibly ahead of him as well. This is a guy that doesn't shoot particularly well. He's going to play low minutes. I just don't see why you would bother with Davion Mitchell. You could have him here. He's got way more upside than a uh, Mo Harkless, for example. But I think Chemezi Metu is an interesting player. If the Kings decide the right thing to do is trade Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald or move on from Harkless or whatever they do, and they're 17 centers, Metu is an interesting player. It's just a deeper league squeeze. And the other guy to look at, I reckon, is Louis King. Is it Louis or Louis? Louis King. Nice scoring wing option. Doesn't do much else, but, you know, Ramsey, Wooded, Harkless. Like, if you need a little bit of scoring boost off the bench... Maybe King works his way into a role that we we don't quite expect at this point. That's just that's just that's one to watch. I think we'll we'll leave it at that. The San Antonio Spurs have a couple of really interesting ones. I think here, um, late standard leagues, you could throw Calden Johnson in there, but he's going way too high for my tastes. I think that you know he's a guy that I look at in the one forty to one sixty range, but he's going in the ninety to hundred range. It's too high for me. I think Devin Vassell's the interesting one. I don't know what the hell is happening with this squad. They have got 17 guaranteed rosters, uh, guaranteed contracts. Two guys need to go. I think one of them is going to be Aminu, and I don't know who the other one is. Is Thad Young on this team? If Thad Young's on this team, it changes a lot. But if Thad Young's off, maybe they start Vassell and they put Keldon Johnson at the four again like they did last season and leave McDermott on the bench. Maybe they start McDermott with Keldon Johnson at the three. I think Vassal, Va- Vassal, I don't know why I said that. I think uh, Vassal is a better player currently than Lonnie Walker and a guy deserving of more minutes than Lonnie Walker. So I think he's at least worth just, just looking to see how they decide to run that and where they decide to put him in the rotation. I would draft Vassal over Walker. Walker played 25 minutes a night last year, guys. Didn't crack the top 280. He's a bad fantasy player, and I'm not sure he's actually a good NBA player. And if you want to go really, really deep, Trey Jones was awesome in Summer League. It is Summer League, right? But DeJounte Murray and um, Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. They're your only two ball handlers on this team. And they are not guys who have had great injury luck throughout their careers. I'm not sure that Trey even is necessarily an every night player. And I hope to God that Pop plays him over Bryn Forbes. But with what he did in Summer League, I went, oh, 
all right, here is an actual legit backup point guard who, if one of those guys gets hurt, maybe is pushed into a larger role. I was considering having Luka Sharmanich there as well, but I'm just not convinced he's good at, at NBA basketball at this point. And I think, you know, Keldon and Doug and Vassell and those guys are ahead of him. And I don't think Primo is going to have any real sort of role this season, personally. The Utah Jazz is the last team we're going to look at here. Um, and they're probably the hardest hardest one to actually shoehorn guys in here. I don't believe that taking Rudy Gay in the last round is the right move. I don't think Royce O'Neal, who might might end up ranked the 151st ranked player, is the right player to pick because there's no upside in him at that spot. Gay maybe has some upside, especially if they play him at center over Whiteside. I don't think taking Whiteside here is the right move as well because all you're doing there is hoping for Gobert to get hurt. And maybe that's worth it. But then And then you add him, but he's just not going to play enough to be useful, I don't think, Whiteside. Um, so I've got Gay there, but I'm not really fully believing that. And then if you want to go really deep, I think Jared Butler's an interesting guy. The heart problem, we hope it's okay. But this is a team that was playing Mia One at times last season, and I think Butler can be an upgrade on One. There's also Trent Forrest, or there's the triangle, Eric Pascal as well. But Pascal has to then battle Gay and Whiteside to get his minutes, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to get the advantage over those players. Of course, you know, Ingles and, uh, and Jordan Clarkson are guys that, um, that come off the bench. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. And, and they're there. But you know, one of those guys gets hurt, and then maybe you see a player like Butler, if he is healthy and ready to go, um, can step into that role. I'm not, not convinced of that necessarily, but it's one to look at. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave a comment down below, share it, subscribe, notification bells, follow. There's plenty of Locked On podcasts now on YouTube as well. So all of your favorite teams are available over there as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.